Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to this live program at the Hope Interface Center and we are now isolated so usually when this program happens we are at our beautiful temple but I am isolating and uh, reflecting and moving within and asking important questions So I'm doing this live program from my home here in Mankato, Minnesota, and my two beautiful assistants are helping me at this time, and they're in their homes. Isn't technology great? And we have a um, guest speaker tonight uh, coming to you live from uh, Arizona, from Sedona, Arizona. So I want to just start out this program just giving you, um, this is a woman who I met many, many moons ago. Um, And I'm just going to dedicate this to her. We give thanks for the gifts of friendship. Thanks for the circumstances that have brought us together. For we are bound into the sacred bundle of life to give life back to the planet. Thanks for the gifts of our relationship, which are galactic, worldly, celestial. We ask at this time for knowledge that will comfort us for words that encourage us, for insight that will bless us, and for the experience that we will share together in this particular episode on the Hope Interface Center. We give thanks for the sweet bliss of knowing each other in so many ways, for the history and the hope for the future, for conversations and laughter and for silence, for holding each other safe in our hearts with great love and tenderness, for we are heading towards a great, great future. I'm going to tell you a little bit about our speaker tonight and our guest tonight. This is the speaker, Suzanne Grandin. She is an innovative visionary whose primary sole purpose is birthing new realities and upliftment of consciousness she is once again re-emerging to teach and guide humanity through these auspicious transitional times. Suzanne came into this world 70 years ago through the union of scientific father and an artistic mother, both of whom nurtured her, challenged her to grow beyond all perceived limitations. She is and as a teacher, speaker, consultant, spiritual architect and leader who has lived and worked in 26 countries and cultures. Suzanne humbly harnesses opportunities to seed and nurture the energies of new ideas whose time now has come. She does this through her personal work and by collaborating with other visionaries. Suzanne's colleagues have called her a member of Earth's electromagnetic engineering team, an earth wisdom keeper, a true blue being of light and love, a midwife 
from the celestial realms and a shining realm. Her gifts are many. Her goal is one, to serve and to bring light unto the planet and to say yes to an abundant future for all. So I think it's so um, apropos to have Suzanne Grandin calling in tonight um, for us. How are you, my dear beloved friend? Oh, dear Hope. I am deeply grateful and and uh, just humbled by by your words and kindness. I am delighted to be here today and to be able to share what I consider some positive insight and to give the listeners an opportunity to maybe be a little bit more comfortable and to also take some action in some ways that might benefit them and all of us at this time. I think that's so important because many, many people, as you will know, as I know from the Hope Interfaith Center, are confused and fearful and worried, and yet they do want to be spiritual warriors and creators. And I love the fact that in your um, bio it says whose primary sole purpose, I love the word primary, whose primary sole purpose is to bringing new realities and upliftment of consciousness. Do you think that's what we're in right now, is that we're birthing a new reality upon the planet with this coronavirus that's happening? Oh, indeed I do. And I would say that in many ways there are many levels to what's going on right now, and we can discuss this in different perspectives. One would be the duality and separation consciousness, and another would be with the oneness Uh, point of view and we all have a need to feel safe and many are attempting to do that in different ways everyone is being affected and I think that is by plan or has a a very divine purpose Um, along with the virus there are many other things that are taking place and while certain aspects of our community or our society are dealing with that aspect, which might be uh, freeing ourselves from uh, old ways of being in something like the financial world or, you know, other areas that, that have to do with, um, you know, enslavement or, or disempowerment of the individuals, we also have the opportunity and the support to be able to take this time through the aspect of the coronavirus, which I believe is brought forth by the collective at this time uh, through the players of our density consciousness, which includes, by the way, our animal allies. And it's brought here to, in some way, assist us as individuals and humanity as a whole on the planet to go through that shift in consciousness as Gaia, our Mother Earth, the consciousness of Mother Earth, is in a process of evolving. And if we look back, uh, we humans were invited here, the founders originally, to come into this planet to assist Earth with her evolution. And so we are here by invitation And as a process of being co-creators with her and serving as we have opportunities to do, we are also evolving. And it is a consciousness evolution. And so 
some of the benefits that we might see right now would be the time out that we all have. Many are going to be receiving extra funds to help provide for the needs so that we can take this time. It's like a giant retreat, really, where we have the opportunities to do something different. We're no longer caught up in the working two, three jobs that some people have had to do just to make ends meet and take care of their families. And so Gaia herself right now loves us so much that she is giving us this time to go through our changes. And as a result of our changes in behavior, her air, the pollution is clearing, the waters are clearing, the fish are showing us this in certain places. Venice was one that was reported in the news. The volcanoes do not need to blow to release, and the people are able to be out in nature and appreciate the beauty, especially noticeable in the springtime in the northern hemisphere. And I know we have many blooming cactus and other things that are, are you know, being shared on the news reports and weather reports um, as I tune in a little bit to see what's going on. And if people are still housebound and not able to go out, they can still open their windows, maybe hear the birds or maybe other sounds in nature or tune in in some other way. And the air is no longer filled with all the airplanes. And so if you live near a military base, uh, you may be having a little bit more activity in that way. But the earth is benefiting. And we are also being asked and invited to participate so that we too may benefit. And one of the things I would say is I see this virus in many ways as a gift. So although it is something that can make us afraid because it's life-threatening, as they say, in some ways. The fact that we've carried the fear programs and all the ways we've shut ourselves down and aren't really able to live life fully alive as we were designed to do also is, um, you know, a threat to our life and to Gaia's life as well. So in this moment of time out, um, we've actually known about this time. I think many have felt something big coming, an anticipation of something. I don't know that we all thought it, thought it would come in the form of a virus. Um, but the opportunity is here. And to remember that a virus by itself, its nature, is really to um, assist us. It's really something that's there to prevent other things from entering. So if we can look at the virus as a way of giving us the opportunity and the support to fine tune ourselves, we can see where we may be so-called leaking energy and be able to adjust ourselves so that we can deal with the fear when it's a, a real fear. You know, fear is something we were born with in our bodies as a, as a natural response. You know, a ball is coming at your head, duck, you know, <laughs> or whatever. We get uh -huh. signals and fear can be there to pay attention. And the coronavirus is getting our attention. So we already have the attention. Now we want to discern what is it I'm afraid of. And you do want to be safe and follow the guidelines. They're there for a reason. And part of what those guidelines give us is time to be with ourselves, time to be silent time to go within, time to observe ourselves, time to communicate with our bodies, to recognize and realize old thoughts that come up, unresolved issues, 
inner child part, the wounded part, the victim part, it's very easy to want to point fingers and blame, oh, they did this to us. They're trying to kill us. You know, all of that program, that's part of that which is the duality world. And we're all in this together. If you look at it like a big play, there are good guys and bad guys, and, you know, (laughs) they each help each other get to the end, and we're kind of near the curtain call. And when we come to the curtain call, then we all get to go have a cast party. So we're playing our roles, every one of us. And in this process, we recognize that whatever we carry within ourselves is how we're going to see things. So I remember there was a story about a man that owned a home in a very nice neighborhood with a wonderful view, very valuable property. And people used to offer him, you know, two times what the property was worth, and he never was interested in selling it. And on this one day, he was looking up, and all of a sudden, he realized his home was on fire. He was down in the, in the town. And all of a sudden, he was ready to lose everything. And that was one perspective. And then one of his sons came to him and said, oh, dad, don't worry. Yesterday I made a deal. I made a really, really good deal. I hope you don't mind, but I sold the house for three times the amount that it was worth. So now the father could relax and he could say, oh, it's not my house anymore. Okay, great. And then the other son came along and said, but dad, that deal won't go through. The house is on fire now. The papers were never signed. Oh, okay, now it's his house. He's losing everything again. And then the other son comes in and says, oh, I talked to the potential buyer. He understands. It was a handshake agreement. It's his house, and he owns it. So all is well. Now, the only thing that changed in this whole thing was the perspective, because the reality was the same. The house was burning. And so... I like that example because it gives us the opportunity to really look within and discern, you know, where is this fear coming from? Is it mine? Is it the collective? Is it from a time earlier, a belief or something that I took on as a result of something that was abusive or, you know, uncomfortable or distasteful or disempowering? And what can I do with that? So I think that's what, a lot of the opportunity is here for. It's help us to fine-tune ourselves and with that to become more fully alive. The virus is, you know, affecting many parts of our, our body, and we can talk about that too. But part of that is the, the breath of life, you know, with the oxygenation. And so wow. in this moment with so many people, having a change in their schedule. And the ones that are still working are having to do so in a, what we might call a more stressful situation or a be in the moment and deal with whatever presents itself. And it changes hour by hour in some places and daily in others. So we're all being asked to recognize that we are in this together. And no matter what our paths, we have choices each and every day as to how we go forward. So that's the basis. Um, I have more information, but let's let's just see what you have as a question or a comment or perhaps another perspective, Hope. Well, I we are on the same exact page because I came in after deep meditation and was talking to Janelle and Amy, my assistants at the Hope Interface Center, 
And I was told not to pray to stop the virus. And in my deep meditation and transcendental relationship with the ethers, I was told the same thing that you were told, that, you know, we have many conspiracies uh, theorists that say that, well, you know, we put this into the, to kill off all the old people so we have Social Security or... And what I heard is that it was brought forth as a gift. And, and our job at this time, or the lightworker's job, is ca- could we begin to contemplate this virus in a positive term, which means that it, would, it does and it is an instrument of potentiality, and that that one virus that's coming in is helping us come into oneness, and that uh, we are all being asked to go the, to, to to the next step. So I I told everybody, you know, that's goes against the grain of what most people are saying. You know, we're having worldwide collectives of praying to stop the virus, and here mm. I, in my contemplative, meditative way, uh, hear the words, um, and I heard it from Kali, quite frankly, that said. Mm-hmm. Do not to end do not pray to end the virus. And I want you to know that in this image of this dark feminine energy that's here, that it is on wildfire across the earth at this time. But it is in control and there's a cleansing that needed to happen and in an extreme way. And so this is a way of bringing back our balance bringing back our spiritual integrity, and so much is going to come from this. So I thought to myself, who in the world am I going to say, be able to say, <laughs> um, well, I cannot join you in your prayer time of ending the coronavirus. I was told specifically as a light worker not to pray for its ending, that the spiritual collective knows exactly what's happening and it was, as just as you said, the prophesarial energy talked about this um, prophet's time of this new beginning that we're going through, this new beginning. So I'm quite delighted when you were talking at that, oh, my God, I have a woman on the same page that I am on. <laughs> <laughs> well, not surprising, Hope. <laughs> yeah. Blue rays and all, Now, many yes, people, you know what? Well, Well, go ahead. Many people will rub against that and say, you know, why would you not pray for the ending of something like this? And so what would you say to them? Well, I would say it's an opportunity, and maybe we could just ask the virus what is its intention or what is its purpose or what is its nature at this time. And one of the things that I learned was that there is a program running within this virus, and most viruses are maybe all I don't know, but it's rare to find something like a program running within a virus. And I understand that this program is designed to seek out fear within individuals and bring it to the surface. And obviously, if they want to wipe it out, that's the first reaction many humans have had with anything they don't well, different than them, even a you know mosquito, a fly, or whatever, is to quickly wipe it out. And so the fact that 
we are opening up in many ways uh, with opportunities for greater expanded communication. That was one of the things that was shut down. You know, we, we lost our telepathic abilities and other ways of, of uh, intercommunicating, uh, other ways of receiving and, and sending and giving information, exchanging information. We shut down to the idea of just the physical and yes, we need a very strong physical to be able to support the energies that we can carry. Uh, we need a very strong physical to be able to fully express that soul energy coming through us. And if we are to be able to take our role as co-creators in this new world that we are birthing together, uh, we need to be able to be clear of the fear and the distraction and the disruption because our energies do not come through clearly to create that which will be beneficial and will live in this fifth world. So it may be helpful also to understand, I know many listeners may already know the victim cycle, but the victim has a perpetrator. It's a triangle. The perpetrator creates the victim. The victim takes on the role of victim and then tries to rescue others. And then that rescuer role eventually becomes perpetrator. And the way that happens is because we stop the individual's growth by rescuing them. And so I'm not saying don't help people in domestic violence. Please don't hear that. This is an understanding of the nature of the energies and the roles that keep playing out in the previous planetary cycle. And when we become strong enough, aware enough, and make a choice to no longer be a victim, the perpetrator has no purpose in our life. And the perpetrator can either release their need to play that role or they can go find another victim. In this case, this virus is coming into our space, whether we come in communication physically or whether we pick it up from transference because it's in the field, whatever the way that we come in contact with it, it will seek out within us the areas that we are not having recognition of or maybe their subconscious fears, whatever, or things that we have put off dealing with because we were too busy doing everything else in that survival mode. But whatever it is, the opportunity to recognize an old program. We had lots of old programs running. We are filled with old programs. And what we have the opportunity to do is to delete those programs and to transmute or transform the energies that have been holding us in a limited perspective. And a lot of that you know as a loss of self-esteem or a lack of self-love. So one of the basic things we need to do is to feel safe. Um, part of that is to love ourselves and to accept ourselves in whatever moment we find ourselves. And we can do positive things, even though we're being separated now so that we don't get so many hugs. If you live alone, my husband's in a different city right now working still. And so I do have wonderful neighbors and people near to me, but I don't get the up-close hugs. We did in Sedona for a little while there, but now people are, you know, respecting the six feet. 
So if you're needing a hug, there are other ways to do that. You can support yourself with bringing in the oxytocin. A simple way is through the tapping, or you can nurture yourself in many ways. One is to oxygenate your body and move your body. A little bit of exercise, whether it's walking or power walking, which will give you a little bit more oxygen. Things that you can do, listening to music, obviously, meditation, obviously, as well. There are other ways through the food that you create not to overeat or have those patterns of of, uh, discomfort that cause you to act out in certain ways, but to take the moment to be mindful and to choose what do you want to eat? How are you going to respond? And there's one other big thing that may be helpful. When an old thought or a feeling comes up, we actually have about 16 seconds to respond and reframe it. So if you can catch it within the first 16 seconds, you can simply choose not to get sucked into it and to remember that we can bring in anything that we desire or need through our heart. The heart is like a big black hole and it will draw into us that which we need in that moment. So if we can interject a little love to raise that vibration in that moment, And then we can discern, is that a here and now thought or is that something from another time or another experience? Then we have an opportunity to work with that and transform it and bring all those wounded parts of ourselves or the places where we're leaking energy, the holes, the cracks in our auras, however you look upon it, whatever it is that we can do to bring about a more cohesive field around ourselves. And there, there are some other things too, but I think that opportunity to recognize that we are being given a gift, it's up to us what we choose to do with it. We can stay in that victim cycle or we can choose to join the life cycle. And in a living life cycle, we have that divine connection. And whether you think of that as source, whether you have a a form of a God that you place on that, whether nature is something that works for you in that, the source of all life or all living energy, that we can access that cycle. And that's what we want to do is choose to be alive, to be fully alive. And to do that, we need to nurture and nourish ourselves with love and whatever elements are needed. Let's talk about, or a bit about, when people hear the word old programs. How old are these programs, and where did we get this program from? How, um, how old are these programs that are clearing out that this virus is helping us at this time? How old are these programs, outworn programs, and where did we get them from? Well, that's a huge question. I don't know that we can get into a whole lot of details on it, but maybe I can give a structure and an outline that that will put it in perspective. Um, We can talk about this in terms of, shall we say, the human consciousness. Um, Basically, there are 13 levels of human consciousness now. The founders came in, and they were what we would call level 13, Um, Originally, there were the archangels, 
and the archangels were very high vibration, and they were the guardians of the elemental powers. The elemental principles or powers are what is needed to create any one element on earth. So the archangels were given the guardianship. And then a little later, they passed that on to the dragons. And the dragons, there are master dragons, there are duality dragons, and there are oneness dragons. And they help us to create. Now, if you come from your heart and you ask them to work with them, with you in creating, they will do so. The knowledge is available. However, it is not for ill intent. And so they will not help with ill intent. And this has been demonstrated many ways um, that would, you know, I would tell some stories on that, but I don't think we have time for that today. But in any case, then the founders, we're coming in to seed the human consciousness into this world. And first was what was known as the first world, and that was dominated by fire. And that is the spiritual body of earth, and that was simply level 12. And then under that, after that, later came the second world. It was dominated by water. And that was the mental body of Earth. This is during the time of Lemuria. And that's a very long, you know, 250, just, it's a very long period of time. And that would be level 11 down through level 7. And there were more than one Lemuria as well. And then we get into the next creation was the third world. And that was dominated by air, is dominated by air. And that is the emotional body of the earth. And so we have level six, five, and four there. That gets into the Atlantean times. And then we come down to level three, two, and one, which have been called fourth world. That's dominated by earth, and that's the physical body of earth. And that is where we have been living. And so now we are birthing the fifth world. All indigenous stories uh, of creation all talk about this time. And we have the grids. We can get out on the land and measure and find the grids that support that fifth world. So the grids are here. Every being, every life form that exists has a grid with the basic information needed to nourish that form. Then there is the morphogenetic field, which is different than the morphogenetic grid. The grid is the information to support the form. The field is made up of all of the diversity, all of that information. So we have the grid, but we don't yet have the morphogenetic field. That is to be made up of those of us who are within you know, the human consciousness. We have other forms, the ones that are visible and the ones that are unseen. We're a visible form. And there are those others, such as the she uh, and the founder energies that are here and the ancient ones that are here and other forms. Uh, unicorns are here in other forms. We have a diversity amongst the human consciousness. And part of that is that some fell into the physical form and some did not. There are she, for instance, still living in the second world and still living in the third world. We have both here in Sedona. Sedona has access to 
everything from all of the worlds. Um, and those who are highly evolved beings can walk within or between the worlds. And so what this time is about now um, is co-creating that which is the essence or the morphogenetic field for the fifth world. And to do that, we don't bring the fear and all of the destructive abilities into that time. We want to create, co-create a living world made up of the wisdom of all these other worlds. And a dear friend whose um, work is all about metaphysical ecology has uh, used the example of a pyramid that the four sides are these other four worlds and the top of the pyramid is the fifth world and it will be made of ether. It will be that which is ether. And so the element ether. And so we're at a time where we have a seed also, and that may be helpful to, to have others understand as well. Uh, in order to be able to achieve this full transmigration so that we can become what we might term a cosmic citizen, you know, um, our consciousness body and physical body will do this uh, eventually. We must have released the miasmatic record and the cell we inherited from our biological parents. And there is this cell that we carried from the family, the family of origin, and it's recorded into the physical body at birth, um, was inherited from the parents. And it's a cell that was created in the chromosomes at the time that the egg and the sperm of our parents united. And this cell becomes a part of the seed of the physical body that we are incarnated in. And once the family of origin cell is freed, it gets cleared from the body and it re releases itself. It vaporizes, really. And at that point of transmigration, the person is now called or able to be a cosmic citizen. And they still hold the memories of Earth, but their identity isn't necessarily that. And it's, it's, um, it's a very special and unique and specific to the diamond sun body and um, the crystal consciousness to, to achieve that. It's full sovereignty and spiritual freedom. We're not quite at that point yet, but when we get into things like with the DNA, um, the, the, that term that I'm, I'm using there for the, for the double, um, the double um, diamond sun body um, this gets back into the um, the founder guardian races. The Orophim were the founder guardian races, and they specialized. Their their blueprint forms were used as a prototype body for the 6D indigo family of consciousness. And these, you know, in each of these cases, even from the very beginning, beginning with the founders, the vibration was way too high to come into physical form. So there was always this stepping down and at each stage. I think for anyone who may be familiar with the she, it's spelled S-I-D-D-H-E. Um, there are several books written about communications with the she, and it had its roots maybe in some of the fairy um, and, and Celtic background. But the she had become so separate and afraid of the humans like we, the physical ones, 
as many of the extraterrestrials and, and others have, the ultraterrestrials as well, because of the violent nature and not wanting to fall into the density. We, brave ones, came all the way down in physical frequencies to be able to then reverse it all and turn it all around for the return home. And so we actually have the abilities to integrate, to access and to integrate all from all of these previous worlds, which would give us all of these experiences, all of these vibrations to co-create within this point at the top of the pyramid, which is to be the fifth world. So it's a, it's a long history with many, many, wow. many different, I mean, each one, I mean, uh, you can get into some people have brought forth the information that I, uh, I could draw upon, but basically there are several, you know, they, they talk about the different, um, you know, the Syrians and, and the, the Lyrans and, and the different, you know, the Pleiadians and different ones combining, but they have taken specific pieces or parts and united them to create specific variances. So we are really diverse by design, and yet we are all here as one to be the fabric of this new world. And it's really a beautiful and exciting and wondrous experience to go through. And we're really only at the beginning of that now. Um, we'll set ourselves free in different ways. The I want to say something else, too, because the... The programs um, of duality, you know, light and shadow, it's not necessarily good and bad. It gives us form. And within form, we are able, like the artist, to create whatever. Some artists will see the creation within that form, whether it's a piece of wood or a piece of crystal or rock or whatever. could be wax, something else. But they will envision and then cut away everything that doesn't belong there well, we're the same. We have a body made up of all sorts. We have knots in the wood and, you know, various places that we've twisted and turned and, and whatever. And we have the ability to create uh, using many tools. Sound, many people know, will change form, thoughts, light, color, all, all kinds of ways, including the foods that we put into our form. But we are able to change that creation, to transform it. You know, if we're a very heavy body, we might become a, a different shape. We might become hourglass, for instance, you know. And there are many ways that this is being witnessed. But we have to, number one, open up to the possibility, open up to the potential. The fields and the grids are there to support us. The full potential is accessible. And when we focus only on what is out there in the solar system, we lose sight that everything that's out there is also within us. We are made of the stars. We are made of the earth. We are all here in one form or another made of the same divine spark of light. And in that opportunity, um, we have choices as to how we go forth. We eventually can, from a 3D field that holds fear, we can experience a 5D field, which is where the compassion is felt so strongly. And when we get to 7D and higher, fear does not really live there. We become more like a witness 
you know, observing ourselves, observing ourselves, observing ourselves, you know, I mean, if we can rise above the immediate, you know, what's right in front of our physical eyes and expand, open and expand, that's how the victim cycle changes. We open and expand to be able to have a different view. And in that different view, maybe it's more information. Information, knowledge can help. But we really want to get to the wisdom, and that wisdom involves, for me at least, from my perspective, that spiritual component, our connection to source, divine, that which is greater than ourselves, the higher self, if you will, and higher. So I think, you know, whether the program of the bad guys and the good guys, you know, we were programmed to to be slaves and, and, you know, work for someone else and the power over us was something we accepted or, or at least found ourselves in, you know, and, and did the survival dance in that one. And now uh-huh. some people are calling to those bad guys, you know, the bankers and the rest of them to really pay their dues. You know, they've been horrible and I want them to suffer. Well, when you think about it, they've played their part too, Yep. And many of them yep. that have been a part of whatever we call the cabal or the, or the dark deep stake, whatever, many of them were dragged into it. Um, I've often heard stories of different politicians or others being what they call dirty. Somebody brings in the prostitutes or the children or whatever, and they take some dirty pictures, and then it's blackmail time. And maybe they've been abused, and they don't get to stop being abused until they abuse somebody else. You know, it's a cycle, and many have been trapped in that cycle. And many of them wanted out, but, you know, were threatened with things that would happen to their family members or whatever. And and so they made a choice. And how do we know who and how we would act in that situation? You know, we all took on a role here, and I think... You know, we've come to that point where we're given opportunities, each and every one of us. I mean, what crime is worse? You know, whose abuse is any worse than anybody else's? It's all something that doesn't feel good. So we have this opportunity to open up, to love ourselves, to forgive ourselves, to heal, to breathe life into that which is our divine spark, that point by which we can be co-creating our new world made of light and love and joy and come into that which our natural design may have been long, long, long ago at the very beginning of time until it got stepped down in vibration. As we raise our vibration up, and again, we want to seal those leaks. We don't want to be leaking. You know, some people... They can't hold on to any money at all. They just give it away all the time because they don't feel they're deserving. They can starve, but let them feed the animals or somebody else, you know. And although that may be virtuous in many ways, if we cannot seal our container so that we can hold and transmute that pure light that can come through us, we can't take on more. Because it gets leaked. And anywhere that we give our energy, our power, I was always told, can they handle, can they, in a good way, manage the energies that you can create? And I have to say no sometimes. So then I can't give it to them. It would be used in ways that would be counterproductive, shall we say. So we really need to take responsibility for ourselves and to do our part individually while 
whoever else is out there taking care of the change in the systems that will bring about that abundance for all and shift that old paradigm structure that was there that was kind of the we and them and get it more into what's going to be more beneficial for all of us, all of the life forms living here, for Gaia and all beings and those who visit from elsewhere as well because it's not just our system that's being affected right now. Are we getting assisted assistance from the Galactic Federation and the beings of white light from the different dimensions at this time? Are they aware of what's going on here, and are we being aided and assisted by the galactic beings to help with this ascension and production line that we're in right now? Yes, absolutely, in many ways. As far as I know, The alliance has been there because enough people at enough moments in time had asked and made the right choices. And so I think at some point they all realized we couldn't do it alone with the situation as it was. And so the support has been there and continues to be there. And if you notice, we are not being told, at least in, in our part of the world right here, we're not being told Um, everything that we have to do. We're being asked to stay at home. You know, we're being given guidelines. We're not, it's not like martial rule. It's not meant to be power over us. It's meant to give us the opportunity to, to make wise choices with good guidelines. And yes, there is, you know, a safety net built in there, but it's my understanding that, um, we have a whole lot of things ready to go. They've prepared for this for a very long time. Uh, and by they, I mean those that are the, what we would call the white hats that may have started within our, our military and governments uh, on earth. And then with the assistance and guidance that has always been there willing to assist us, but they could not do it for us. We needed to do it for ourselves. And here we have this opportunity to do that with our own bodies with the coronavirus within our own communities. How many people are doing wonderful things like giving away toilet paper for a simple one, you know, helping with food, helping in a lot of ways, Um, just more and more comes, comes forth in different ways. But we don't want to forget about the peace for ourselves because it is absolutely important beyond measure that we take care of our own thoughts and creations because If we have this old fear or this old energy, this angry energy or this belief system that something's right or wrong, and that's where, you know, a lot of the religious belief and and some of the other things comes in, you know, one way, the only way. No, it's not one way or the only way. We have to look at that a little further. And really, that's part of understanding the allness that we are. And the diversity that's built in there, the allness and out of that allness will come the one. And so the support that is there, you know, simple things like how nuclear war wasn't allowed to happen and, you know, other things um, have, have been interacted with in ways to shut down the ability to push the button and blow up the world at times. There's things documented in that. I mean, there's lots of information out there that supports it. But I think overall, we have programs that have been completed, and it's my understanding that I don't know how many hours of programming that will be educational. Part of this last maybe four or five years in particular 
has been about allowing everything to reveal itself and to be seen for what it is. Um, so the deep state, in other words, had to always uh, make their plays known. They had to say in plain language what they were going to do, and the humans had to accept it in some way and allow it to take place. And that's where the revealing will all come, not good, bad, or otherwise. It's just we have a free will uh, planet here, and on free will, that's how it is. Um, and so everything about the way the manipulation has taken place will become evident and the people will then begin to make their choices. How do they want to move forward? So we have a lot of assistance that is available to us. And some of it is technology and some of it's just in the ways that we develop ourselves and evolve. Um, I know I have that light language program that I keep trying to take off the shelf and it just hasn't been time yet. And the reason is because we have to go through this process of change before we can emerge as that new human in the new energies of the fifth world. So I hope that's helpful and clear enough. It's very helpful. I want to discuss, I could be talking to you forever because um, you're speaking my language. The <laughs> Everybody, a lot of the teachers and a lot of the things on the Internet and even a lot of my clients, they in quite excitement, they say to the word, well, you know, disclosure is going to happen. And yet Mm. if we are space beings, aren't we the disclosure? Absolutely. I mean, when (laughs) they say, oh, well, disclosure is going to happen. And I thought to myself, well, if we're the spatial cosmic citizens, aren't we the exposure and 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 the disclosure? and that our job is to uh, move through these perceived limitations and understand our cosmic citizenship, and that we become brave enough, bold enough, brassy enough, audacious enough. (laughs) And because both you and I knew Christina Rose, and she would always, she would say to me, so why do people look up when I'm a spatial being and I'm right in front of your eyes? I'm disclosing myself. (laughs) Right now, Janice. <laughs> so aren't we the disclosure? I love, I love all of what you say. And Janice, you know, I'm just the one using some of these words. I know you know it as well as many of our other friends do too. Um, the perspective of, I think, embodying who we are or claiming who we are or being yes. the living model of who we are incorporates yes. that which is our celestial history. And many humans have not awakened in the past and are being given opportunities right now to do so, you know. Um, A simple example was, you know, I think I sent you the um, portrait that a friend, Daniel, was wanting to hone his skills with portraitures and he has these large box cameras and wanted somebody, you know, to model and wanted to have them be a spiritual person, whatever. And I said, yes. And, and so on one day we were taking photos, the portraits, and I had the Galabay on and I, right before it was time to stand in front of the camera, I looked up at Castle Rock at the South Tower here and three beings presented themselves to me, the guardians right there they were. And I said, oh, Daniel, I just connected with the guardians of Castle Rock. 
And he said, oh, nice. And so then I stood in front of the camera, and we always would do a prayer that what would be captured or come through would be for the benefit of humanity. And he took the, a few different poses and, you know, took it off to have the film developed. And he didn't show me for a long time, and he was doing some of the other ones. And then he told me, he goes, you know, I got these that I really, really liked. He said, except for there's this funny light over the head. And he said, I tried. I thought maybe I would reflected something. I went to the guys that processed the film, and nobody can figure out what it is or how it happened. Well, he showed it to him, and I went, oh, Daniel, that's a download. In fact, that's a conversation. <laughs> and it's, it's a little white shield. It's, it's on my website, birthinganewreality.com. You can see it there. But it's a little field of light that's a little different than a regular download. It's kind of like milky white the whole way, solid, like a big cube, ice cube or whatever. This is more like clouds within it, and parts of it rise up a little bit. So, and then there's a little bit that goes down the back of the neck that you can see the exchange of the information. And I can remember distinctly because I'm smiling and I remember being acknowledged, you know, they were so delighted that I saw them and connected with them and we shared a little bit. And here it is in a portrait. Now, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. I've shown it to a couple of different people. Some are more spiritually awakened than others and some didn't see it at all. And my neighbor at the time, she's moved away now, but she said, oh, it's a conversation. I went, yes, exactly, you know. But others didn't even see it there. Their eyes went to what I was holding in my hands or what I was wearing, something else. But once those people, those same people key into it, what happens is they start taking photographs out on the land and they start getting interesting things in them. Maybe orbs or maybe uh, light patterns, maybe, maybe other things, you know, show up. So all of a sudden, when you're awakened to something, it's like you get a special pen. Now all of a sudden you see all these other people have that same special pen. Once people <laughs> awaken to something, then it becomes a part of their world. And now other things happen, you know, and it's kind of like that. So when you say, aren't we the ones? Yes, we are <laughs> from my perspective, of course. But everybody isn't quite there yet. And the hoping that it'll come from somebody else is, you know, maybe an old, old pattern. Um, you know, tell us yeah. what to think or tell us that it's real. It's even, you know, I, I don't like to even use words to describe myself. I'm just here like you are. We all have our gifts. We all have our, our special ways of functioning and our purpose to help and assist in this process but I'm no better than or, or whatever than anybody else. You know, I'm just different and unique in my own ways. And these are the things I do. You know, I may teach, I may this, I may that, but so may you, you know. So it's not meant to validate, oh, yes, I'm a teacher because I have a student, you know. <laughs> it's, it's more a description of the processes that we go about as we share and interact. So interacting with spirits on the rock or with beings that come in a ship, you know, the, the beings that we really know about don't even need a metal ship like our people make, you know. Um, the yeah. the yeah. essence of their being creates that, which is a form that we could call a ship, you know. But but anyway, yes, I do believe we are it. And there have, I, I did the C-SETI uh, exercises for a long time. Uh, enough to know that we have many, many, many beings that we can interact with. And they're all, if you want to say, just different frequencies. And all we have to tune, do is tune our antennas to that and make that connection. And it's all very, very real. In fact, 
that's more world. There's much more to the unseen world than to the physical at this time. Yeah. Yeah, very much so, very much so. Well, it said on your bio, Suzanne, that you are re-emerging to teach and guide humanity. So are you speaking more often? Are you doing blog talks? Um, how are you being guided to re-emerge at this time, even with the simple teaching that we are disclosing ourselves to ourselves <laughs> to bring us yes. out upon the planet? <laughs> Um, yes. Well, I did start to do some more speaking, and I also did teach a little here in Sedona with a Birthing a New Reality class. Um, the opportunities are there for me in the near future to do a whole lot more. Um, at this point in time, some of you may not know, I went through a process of um, needing physical surgery. Um, back in 2018 that um, really, I would say, took a lot out of me, but actually it, it gave me an opportunity <laughs> to um, fine-tune and become even stronger physically to be able to bring through this soul. Um, I'm uh, many times over walk-in, and this soul um, is a union soul. Again, I do a lot of union souls, which are um, saying that my husband and I carry now carry the same soul. I, I did a soul switch to, to bring that one in, and this one is Seshat. And Seshat, for those who know the Egyptian history, uh, would think of Seshat as the one who um, is the keeper of the Akashic Records. She was the one who was recording all. And she also was known for her ability, uh, when you stretch a string to make a straight line to align temples and other things, you know, they still do it today, a chalk line and you ping the chalk line. She was the one who would set the cord, meaning the cord hmm. being the line, but also the cord, meaning the C-H-O-R-D. So she um, would set the energies, a simple way of saying it. Um, for that which was to be built and very instrumental. But she goes way back. She's in Lemuria as well. She goes way back beyond, um, you know, the Egyptian times. But Seshat, I'm understanding, I made an agreement uh, a while ago to bring through more of the true history. So we'll see how all that unfolds. Um, I feel her presence very much in my body. My body needs just a little bit more and we're almost there to be able to allow for that full embodiment. And when that happens, there will be much more to much, much better full expression to come. And, um, you know, that will come in its own way, in a special way. And then the light language, um, the light language program, we talked about a long time ago, you and I, and we were ready to bring it I forward. Remember. I brought through, yeah, the 47 glyphs and um, worked with my artist friend to then create the art that would support that process of integration of that glyph. And it, it's made up of six different languages, actually, in, in different phases, and they're not all from the same world. But anyway, that, it's a, a program designed to help bring forth the new human. And in that, when it is time for that, we will bring that forward. We were ready to go ahead and do the printing and other things and have it all mapped out, but we kept being told not yet, not yet, not yet. It's not time. But I brought that through when I had the embodiment of the four Regulans, the Mjorns of Regulus. And Regulus is the heart of Leo in the sky, the constellation uh, from that star system. And that was 
some of the most magnificent love. I Well, there were four of them in on one chord, so it was pretty much just beautiful, radiant, divine love. And they were with me for a year. And during that time, I did bring through that, that program. So they went on to another system within our universe um, to work with 11th dimensional beings then to bring forth their creativity at that time. Um, but I mean, I just, oh my gosh, they were just so, so beautiful. Every soul embodiment that I have had has been magnificent in its own way and here with a specific purpose and in right timing. And I, I just want to go back to what you said about this, how special it was to have our time work out to be right now to have this conversation we're having today. Uh, we didn't know that when we planned it many months ago, <laughs> but it, it felt very timely for me today. So thank you <laughs> very much for the opportunity, yeah, Hope, yeah. and I, no, if, I just encourage you, and, and whether or not the timing will allow for the walk-in gathering this year at your place, I don't know, but I, I fully support you, and I know Yvonne very well as well, who was with the WE organization there at, toward the end of its, its uh, old ways of functioning. And, um, and, you know, to bring through more souls and higher souls and higher aspects of our souls is just a wonderful, wonderful thing to participate in. So I encourage all to embrace themselves in whatever moment they find themselves, to take advantage of the opportunities, to open, to utilize what is here, and to ask for help. And the energies of the earth, I want to say that one more thing, human resonance is good for healing the body in the 7.83 human residence you can find it online you can find tuning forks with it you can do it in any number of ways you can go out and sit on a rock hug a tree and whatever barefoot on the earth is wonderful (laughs) the earth will help all of us at this time (laughs) do you have a um uh, email a website um, where people can a Facebook where people can get connected with you, Suzanne, if they are wanting more questions answered or classes or information that you hold right now. Well, I do have a website. It's birthinganewreality.com. And the email would be info at birthinganewreality.com. Or you can also communicate through the contact on the beginning page, on the home page. I also have on there, I have a Facebook that I, I have not used Facebook in years for a number of reasons. I just really didn't need to be in that energy. But I did start a Facebook account and I posted one picture and I made a a comment the other day, I felt inspired to write something there. I'm not open. I have a lot of people asking to be friends, but I'm in a Galibay and most who are writing are writing in Arabic and other languages. And right now I'm not open to doing that fully yet. That may change at some point in time. Uh, On my website, I have um, a couple of things posted. I had done a, a talk with you, the Hope show number nine is posted there and also a BBS show I did in November. Um, and I have some other things on there that are being developed and may unfold over time. And I will utilize that site more as things come a little clearer to move forward. So that's where it is at this moment. I'm happy to receive questions or information or opportunities and we'll just take it on a 
moment-by-moment basis, whatever is in um, the right harmony, we'll go forward with. Um, I'd like to ask you one more question. When you call yourself or people call yourself, colleagues call yourself a member of the Earth's electromagnetic engineering team, Um, because I know Christina Rose, my teacher, had done a lot of that while she was incarnate upon the planet. Um, Do you want to just explain that a little more? I think people would be interested in that because I have a couple clients who are doing that as well. Okay, sure. Um, You know, the electromagnetic um, system here on Earth is, you know, part of how we create form. And when years ago, when I first, um, well, let's see, when was that? (laughs) That would be been when I got out of my marriage, cleaned up my past, did the inner child healing and, and, you know, had this vision and and went on my journey. And I left Pennsylvania, went down across the country and did this pattern that I had had in this vision and ended up, um, you know, coming through the Four Corners area and on up into Canada and then out to to Victoria and, and down into Washington State. And when I, at that point, I came out of a sauna and I looked at a map on the wall and it was the I Am America map, which I had not heard of at that time. And I realized that the journey I had just made was on the edge of the I Am America map. And when I would come up to various locations, it was so strange, you know, I would come up to these locations and there would be a sign there that always said you couldn't park, you know, and I would kind of look around and there would always be a redheaded uniformed cop that would show up, always a redheaded blue uniformed cop that would show up and it'd say, oh, oh, it's okay, I'll tell everyone you're here not to worry. And I went, okay. I would crack my window in my car, tilt my seat back, and I would go deep for like 20 minutes or whatever and come back. And through me, we were making adjustments within the grids is how I understand it. Later, um, I worked on the medicine wheel, the large uh, medicine wheel that was 19 plus one around the Tetons, or it was around Yellowstone, actually. We did the center in the Tetons. And I tell that story on the uh, BBS show if anyone really wants to learn more about that. But that was uh, a time when we had disruptions in the earth and I was sent in to help really um, the Shoshone Indian named Blue Thunder, uh, Benny LeBeau um, from Shoshone uh, tribe in Wyoming, who had this vision to do a large medicine wheel and to have it activated to calm the energies and settle and create a strong grid to keep that stable so we wouldn't have any major catastrophes. And at that time, um, I did even go through a soul shift for the seating of the center to bring in different energies on that. But there were many ways that we worked with the earth to make adjustments. And it's always guided from above. In that that case, in the medicine wheel, we were working with the solar lords who would appear over the location. We were to anchor the stones and we worked with the local people, the tribes, and we had to have all four colors of people show up at each one of those locations. And we vibrated for a period of 24 hours after each one of those uh, locations was set individually. Then we anchored the whole thing. Christina Rose assisted on that. I called for help early on and uh, she immediately crossed paths with Benny the next day and, and, you know, went forth and she came into the center for the activation of that as well. Um, So, you know, we often work together. We are on call to assist. We help each other in many ways. 
And uh, there are many different ways. I've done other work that, that had to do with aligning the seven suns and also more recently than that, which was just prior to the need for the surgery, was something that helped to um, create waters so that we would not be in extreme drought here and uh, other adjustments. So, you know, that's something that um, is just one of the ways that I function here. I'm really here for Mother Earth. A lot of what I do is also to help humanity, you know, like bringing in the birthing program so the babies, the new babies coming in would be able to be um, clear and present um, and, you know, be able to take their place without all the the damage that can come from, from various processes of birth. And, um, you know, a lot of other things. So whenever we can serve, we serve. I've, I've don't, I, I wanted to say no to this last mission, and I wanted to say load, no to this last soul embodiment, but I didn't. They showed me the need, or they showed me the beauty of the soul and the, and the essence, and I just, I said, yeah. So I'm one who continues to say yes. I, I sometimes ask a few more questions now, um, <laughs> you know, after 70 years of doing this, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, I learned to ask uh-huh. a few questions, so... <laughs> But but actually, it's you know it's all all driven from the top, from the higher consciousness down, and many teams working together. It's never one of us, and it's I'd say it's through us, not just us doing it. It's through us that it takes place. Mhm, mhm. Well, that is fascinating. I hope someday we can see our, uh, each other face to face and heart to heart. And I am going to try diligently uh, when the time comes. I don't know yet. In June, I know that we made the decision as a collective uh, to postpone it at this time, but I definitely want to get the Walk-In International back together again because I've heard so many times from people who are extraordinarily going through difficult integration with their Walk-Ins or feeling like, I am a nutcase, you know, I mean, you feel like a, like you're such an out-of-the-world experience that when you have a walk-in or soul exchange and you're saying yes to that to work on this planet at this time, that we need to connect with um, other people to collaborate and to connect with other people. So hopefully well, that's I can... A, that's- um, I really want to say that's a very important part. And I know in the very first walk-in gathering we ever had, we had a, a, a walk-in exchange take place. Um, I remember it distinctly. And the person, who, the young person who went through it had her parents there. I had worked with her with the crystal bowl the night before. And then the next day, Carol Parrish invited her to go to her um, sanctuary, um, her, her place, and I think it's in Oklahoma, and to Lelaqua, and she did for a couple of months to help bring that in. But, what, but I want to really let you know and tell others that there's another really important reason to have walk-ins get together, and that is because of their multidimensional natures. And when we got together, part of what makes it feel so comfortable is we can expand our fields. We don't have to shut down so much. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. there's that, commu- that communication model of collaboration where on the axis that goes up vertically is self-love and then the horizontal axis is cooperation with others or love of others. But if we shut down to just that, say, four number four instead of number 10 and we create this little box it becomes like a jail cell 
And we shut down to only say what others can accept or believe or, you know, the same so we're the same so people will like us and not harm us or whatever. That, that is death. It's slow death. And they call it, you know, by a lot of words, like compromise. And that is really not the goal. The goal is collaboration. And to get to collaboration, we have to be able to be wide open to express ourselves and also wide open to listen with whatever other people might say to us so that we don't shut them down or have to be right or any of those patterns of this old way of being. We need to be able to be in a field that can be wide open. And we get in a field with walk-ins. Remember how many times we did that. You're in a field of so much communication going on in the higher levels. You have access to so much information, so much exchange, and our energies are just dancing in that yes it's empowering because you can love yourself for being who you are instead of feeling like you don't fit in and all those other things that are supportive by just interacting with others but it nourishes and it nurtures the field itself and this is of great benefit in all ways yes yes thank you for putting that out from my perspective Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. Uh, you just said it so wonderfully, is that you don't have to close down or contract. I mean, you, you can expand and experience this cosmic opening, and we do good work, planetary work upon the planet and multidimensional work when we come together as a collaborative. So, um, it harmonizes. So, yes. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we will put your website and your numbers, everything up on our Facebook um, here at the Hope Interface Center. It's been a glorious, glorious hour and some minutes with you. I don't know exactly what time it is, but (laughs) this has been fascinating with you, and I'm glad that we're on the same page. And um, I just am so um, glad that Christina Rose... um, was telling me things that I thought she was, it was just a big um, joke, really. <laughs> Keep on telling that one. I met Christina Rose, and she was telling me who I was and what I was, and I just thought, well, I like you. I don't believe anything you're saying to me, but I really like you. <laughs> and she oh, I like you up and I game. love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, flood way of remembering who I was and brought me into the lives of people um, such as you. So I, I'm deeply appreciative of her guidance. And, uh, and I appreciate her and I miss her. I miss her too. You know, I, I just, I, I shouldn't say I miss her because I feel her, her presence. You know, she's yes. still very active in a different frequency. <laughs> yes. But yes. I'm delighted yes. that she came to Egypt and brought our connection and, and many others. And, I just want to say in many ways I honor you for the work that you've done over all these years. You have always been true and always been in your integrity and always been a guiding light and willing to serve and to bring forth others. And I I just really honor you for doing so. We each work in our own ways, and I I kind of come and go a lot with my different shifts, you know, for, for different reasons. But for you who has been there and very stable throughout the whole time offering and expanding and the number of speakers you've had on have, has been phenomenal and that you keep the archives available 
for people. I think some of that information very early on, I think Christina Rose was maybe your first guest, like if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. just to say that the information is every bit as valuable today because much of that information was way ahead of its time. So all of the archives are valuable and I appreciate that you keep them available to others. Thank you, thank you. So thank, thank you. you. We for will this send you the link to this program so, so you can put it on your Facebook. So um, let's thank do this you. again soon, my love. Let's do this again soon. I'd love to. Much love and support to you and to all the listeners. Take good care of yourselves. You can never have enough or too much self love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so thankful that all of you have joined us on the Hope Interfaith Center Pure Hope Show. We are a center for galactic spiritual living and to bring forth the new realities. And where we are landed at this moment is at 114 Pole Road in Mankato, Minnesota. If you would like more information about our speaker that we had on tonight and if you would like to listen to our archives, we do have them waiting for you to listen to. We also have programs and opportunities at the Hope Interfaith Center, just as Suzanne had talked about. It is important to come together for a collaboration collective, so any walk-ins or anybody who indeed are experiencing a walk-in, anybody out there who are questioning about what the heck is a walk-in, you can certainly call us at the Hope Interface Center and we will help you diligently. And you will get the beautiful voice of Amy um, and Janelle who are assisting here at the Hope Interface Center to bring love and light. The number to call us is at 507 386 1242. And if you would like to uh, connect with us through uh, social media, you can certainly do that. We have a beautiful Facebook that Janelle, my uh, beautiful assistant and sole communicator at the Home Interfaith Center, um, she has created one which is fantastic. It's www.facebook.com slash Hope Interfaith Center. Um, we also are on Instagram, and you can connect with us on www.instagram.com slash Hope Interfaith um, Center slash. So once again, thank you, Suzanne, and thank you, my angels who are listening on the other side. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until we meet again, namaste, namaste, namaste. Namaste, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.